and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network, and we have a very, very fun one in store for you today. Um, I am recording this on Monday morning as I am preparing to leave for my honeymoon and detach from everything for a week. Um... It's going to be great and magical uh, to spend this first week as a uh, married uh, person with my, now I can say spouse, Casey. Um, the wedding was wonderful on Saturday. Um, amazing. Still riding that high. But um, we are going to continue the trend of celebrating queer love uh, this week on the show because we have a full panel of guests from the uh, the book, the new comic book, graphic novel, whatever you want to call it, Rubber Match, that is going to be coming out very, very shortly uh, for readers. It is a queer love story mixed with pro wrestling, so of course it is perfect for this show. <laughs> um, but yes, we have uh, the, the entire creative team behind that comic book on the show today to discuss how it was created, the Kickstarter campaign, which was highly, highly funded, um, and just kind of get into the story of Ty Curry and Scorpion Butch and all of the uh, amazing stuff that is on there. Uh, it's just, I, I've had a chance to read the book. Um, it is heartwarming, it is emotional, and it is authentic to the pro wrestling world as well. So I'm not going to waste any more time. I have to like pack the last couple of things here before I get dead into the airport. But please enjoy this continued celebration of queer love as we welcome the creative team from Rubber Match onto the show today. What's up, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring. And I am very pleased to have as my guests this week the crew behind the upcoming uh, comic rubber match a big old pro wrestling tale uh, infused with queer love and all kinds of goodness um please welcome the team behind this comic book uh first off we have the writer elizabeth oh my god and i forgot how to say it. <laughs> immediately it's bry right likely away yes <laughs> we have we have the writer of Rubber Match, Elizabeth Bry. How are you doing today, Elizabeth? I'm great. I'm excited for you to get to Danny's name since you forgot mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be great. Trial by fire. I'm into <laughs> it. <laughs> we also have the artist for the book, uh, Kira Okamoto. How are you? I am doing so great. I'm super stoked for this. Awesome. I am too. I Oh, it's so good. Uh, we have the the letterer and designer of the book, Danny Jelosevic. Yes. Ha-ha. Hey. Success. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> How are you doing, Danny? Great. You pronounced my name right. <laughs> awesome. All right. We're off to a good start then. And of course, the consultant on all of the wrestling that we see in this comic, which there's a lot of wrestling in this comic. <laughs> Uh, please welcome a widely known name in the New England and East Coast area, the current reigning Dropkick Depression champion, Razor Wing. How are you doing today, Razor? 
Oh, I'm very fly indeed. Yes, cook all. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Okay. I am so happy that we were able to get everybody onto onto one call here to talk about this book because um, initially when we were setting this up, I reached out to Kira and I felt like I wanted to get as much of the team on as possible. And it was really great to see that Kira was like, oh, I, I can't do this without the whole team here. <laughs> um, because really, whenever you look at the the book itself, which you know I've had a chance to, to look through um an advanced copy of it it really feels like a team effort to make everything come together in the way that it does to tell the story of uh of of the, these characters and and the the love that that is shared there as well as its commitment to authenticity to pro wrestling in the way that it does and i'm very interested to learn more about how rubber match came to be here and i guess we can kind of start with you, Elizabeth, uh, because you were the writer on, on this. Um, where did this story come to you from? Um, okay, so this is incredibly embarrassing to say. <laughs> both know this. So um, anyway, so <laughs> I came up in, uh, you know, the mid-2000s fan fiction era, you know, like uh, particularly like that I'm gonna say this like people don't still do this, but when it was really popular to like watch shonen anime and then want the boys to kiss in it. And anyway, that's where that came from. So I got really into a space where it was like, I want boys to kiss all the time and no matter what I'm watching. So I got into wrestling. This is all Danny's fault. And we started watching New Japan wrestling or pro wrestling and I became, I'm, I'm a huge Los Ingobernables Stay Stay Hapon fan. Um, Kira and I now have matching Shingo Takagi <laughs> because, because it became such, like they became so important to the creation of the story. Um, but in the G1 climax, I'm getting really in the weeds here, but whatever. In the G1 climax in like 2017 and 2019, uh, Sonata and Evil had to face each other in each one, and they're a tag team. And Sonata won the first one, and Evil won the second one. So it was like, oh my God, this is like fan fiction fodder, right? Like they each have a win. Now they have to have the rubber match. Of course, at the time, I didn't realize the rubber match was going to come in 2021 after Evil betrayed LIJ. <laughs> so it was even more like Sasuke versus Naruto, like whatever. But anyway. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I started thinking about what that story would look like if it was a love story, because it is one essentially, like if you just, if you just pushed the, the tropes in wrestling just a little bit more, all, all, all of the stories of love and betrayal are romantic. So yeah, I started thinking about what that would look like if I actually wrote it as a romance. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's it's a great approach to have and like no shade on on fan fiction stuff. But like we are definitely seeing more and more of that happen in the pro wrestling world now. I mean, if you just look at online communities, yeah. I mean, we're just coming off of a weekend where we saw Effie and John Moxley making out. And now like everybody <laughs> is, is about it. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's excited about that. Plus, <laughs> I feel like almost any picture like that in a previous period for pro wrestling of like two men kind of face to face, very intensely staring at each other to build up a match. 
people are racing to be the first one to go in there and put a, a comment underneath it saying make them kiss yes i mean it's just like <laughs> a normalized thing now so that makes total sense there and then looking at the just looking at the character models for for ty and and scorpion butch like i'm looking at them right now that comparison to sonata and evil <laughs> it feels like such a deep carry through to the very like essence of what we're seeing here so i that's... really shouldn't have blown up my own spot like this <laughs> <laughs> it was, is this an evil snot a fanfic elizabeth a little bit yeah okay. um, <laughs> ty is explicitly uh modeled after like like impact era sonata um like we didn't want him to look like Lij Sonata because he's a little too like, like punk and cool. We wanted him to look a little. No, like Elizabeth. That. I think the what the word you used in the email to me was not as scruffy. <laughs> so like Sonata, <laughs> but not as scruffy. <laughs> no weird like blonde beard that's like kind of yeah. all the time. <laughs> it's a very love hate relationship with that beard. I feel oh, like. So bad, but I love him. I love him so much. <laughs> now danny yes elizabeth says that you are to blame for for some of this stuff uh yeah. why why is that i'm curious oh i convinced her to watch pro wrestling i uh i'd gotten into it like i was into it in middle school you know the uh, attitude era that was all cool or whatever and i fell out of it and years later i heard about the cm punk pipe bomb so i had to get back into it and i got obsessed i can't so, believe you're wearing a Daniel Bryan shirt right now. Oh yeah, I'm I'm wearing I'm wearing a uh, a wrestling fan costume. I intentionally put on a black hoodie just for this. So. <laughs> You're not wearing the Shingo hoodie. You're wearing <laughs> yeah <Shingo> bar hoodie. <laughs> but uh, yeah, when uh, Elizabeth and I started dating, I told her I was into pro wrestling. She's like, oh, like what my brothers watched back in the day. <laughs> Ew, I don't think I need to watch that. I actually think like he said it, and I thought he was joking, so I laughed. <laughs> And then he was like, no, for real. And I was like, oh. Okay. <laughs> but here yeah. we are. Here we yeah. are, like seven years later. And then I started showing her some matches, particularly from NXT. And she was like, oh, it's like comic books. <laughs> I think it was the VOD villains that did it. Yeah. <laughs> I could see that 100%. I love them so much. RIP the VOD villains. Indeed. Yes. No. Um, Kira, I'm going to turn to you real quick because like we were talking about the through lines of, of Evil and Sonata into this and, you know, the direct correlation between Ty and Sonata there. Like, what was your approach whenever you were brought onto the project and, and um, kind of building out these, these characters? I think I didn't realize uh, Elizabeth's backstory with Evil and Sonata until like email two or three. So at first I just got like the kind of the character sheets of uh, Elizabeth's descriptions of the characters. And when she described Scorpion Butch, she was like a guy who lives in gym shorts, uh, wears a single singlet. Uh, when he's wrestling, his hair is down. And when he's not wrestling, his hair is in a bun. And I was like, oh dude, I know that guy. I'm from Hawaii. I went to high school with that guy. So <laughs> then I really wanted to push for him to be Polynesian. And Elizabeth was already like on board because like with, you know, real pro wrestling, there's so many great like wrestlers from Samoa, from Tonga. Um, and so I kind of pulled from 
my hometown hero, Jeff Cobb, he's a uh, Guamanian, so he's from Guam. Uh, so that's kind of how I went with it. <laughs> and then she told me about the evil in Sonata, and I was like, okay, I can, I can, I can yeah. lij them up. <laughs> I think I even like, I really. So Danny has heard this a lot. I, I, as a rule, don't like singlets because I get really worried about the wrestler's nipples because like the straps are so thin and they're always like right next to their nipples. But I think I actually sent Kira a picture of Evil's singlet specifically because he it's like higher cut. And I was like, I do not want to see any nipples in this. <laughs> so even his ring gear is sort of evil inspired too. I could definitely see that as well. Uh, and I definitely see the, the Jeff Cobb um, inspiration in Scorpion Butch as well. Um, okay, real quick before we move on to Blue Devil, because I want to talk about Blue Devil, obviously. Um, I'm curious, Razor, when, at what point are you contacted by, by this crew here to kind of serve as a, as a consultant to make the the wrestling in this comic look as good as it does? Uh, you know, that's a very good question. And I'm going to admit my memory is a little hazy. I get hit in the head a lot. Um, so, but I believe uh, if memory serves, it was um, soon after, I think Elizabeth's second email to Kira, um, somewhere around that where Kira was like, hey, what if we were doing some sort of a pro wrestling comic book and we wanted to make it as authentic as possible because there's always the possibility of things not um, quite being presented uh, as, as they actually are, like moves um, being drawn a certain way uh, incorrectly or like the execution or the timing, uh, not timing, but the, um, the, 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 progress of the matches like things should flow in an in uh, uh, uh an intelligent way um so it was it was something along those lines and uh yeah i was more than happy to uh to lend a hand i was uh super stoked <laughs> <Good call. laughs> what was your approach whenever whenever kira reached out to like what was your approach to kind of putting the, this together in in a still image form as opposed to what we're used to seeing in the confines of a pro wrestling match well it was um <clears throat> i got the description of the the characters and and their personalities and their um wrestling style um and then i kind of uh, just kind of was like okay so you've got uh Ty Curry, who's like technical and flying very quick. And you've got Scorpion Butch, who is like a power guy. And it's like, okay, well, what moves would these two do? Um, and then, of course, you've got the Blue Devil in there and, and the whole cast of characters. And it's like, okay, what moves do they do? What are their signatures? Um, what would make sense given the type of match that they're in and the stakes that are involved? Um so you wouldn't go right to uh, beating the sense out of your opponent if you're uh, if you're a babyface and this is the first time you've you've locked up with them. But if it's been several matches uh, and there's some some animosity there, then yeah, you know the gloves could come off. Um, so making things make sense, 
um, marrying the moves and the attitude with the character and the character's motivation. Um, that was that was very important to uh, what I did. Um, and the method I employed was simply uh, writing out draft after draft of, okay, this is how this match might progress. Um, and actually uh, acting the matches out myself uh, in my uh my my old apartment's dining room um just to make sure that they flowed well and and made sense uh it's it that's one of the things that gets me about <clears throat> bad pro wrestling or bad interpretations of pro wrestling as it's presented in uh tv or comic books or cartoons or whatever is when the the match just becomes disjointed and the actions of the characters don't jive with what had happened uh previously um so making sure that the characters characters take damage um and and react appropriately um was was very important um i hope that answered your question i tend to ramble <laughs> <laughs> no no it definitely did i'm curious though to ask you and i'll open this up to the entire panel here you know we do talk about like bad interpretations of pro wrestling in, in other media. Are there any examples that like stood out to you? It's like, oh, we definitely don't want to do that from what you've seen. Oh man, I don't think there's anything that I was like, oh, definitely not that. But I, myself, I just was like, I don't want a pro wrestler to read this and be like, that's not how you do that move. That makes zero sense. <laughs> like, I was like, I don't want to be the artist who did that. <laughs> I think for me, like, I think there's so many pro wrestling comics that aren't actually about pro wrestling. They're just like wrestling as a backdrop. And I, I think I was a little bit tired of seeing pro wrestling comics that weren't in kayfabe that were about the business. That wasn't an interesting concept for me. So I wanted to make a pro wrestling book. That was <clears throat> what I would see if somebody made a pro wrestling show out of this story. I feel like I can think of like more examples of pro wrestling that I've seen in media that I'm like, oh, that's sick, but it wasn't yeah. meant to be pro wrestling. So like in the Bumblebee Transformers movie, Bumblebee <laughs> just does like head scissors and it looks awesome. But yeah, <laughs> I think with this with Captain America, the Winter Soldier, when Cap and the Winter Soldier fight for the first time and Cap like suplexes the Winter Soldier into the cement and it's mean, it's like the meanest suplex I've ever seen. And or like the knee strike into the side of a car. And I'm just like, these are just wrestling moves. Somebody who's just a wrestling fan choreographed this fight and it rules because of that. Also, no. oh, sorry, gay, go ahead. Gay without being gay story. So. <laughs> very, very much so. <laughs> For me, I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was some sort of mid 90s um, children's cartoon, not, not children's, but like um, teens cartoon. Um, there was some sort of wrestling thing and the baby faces basically got beat up for like most of the, the contest. And, and at the end of it, it was like one quick, like, Oh, Hey, we come back. And, and that was it. Um, so like not presenting it in such a way where it's like, obviously the good guy always wins that sort of thing. 
Um, yeah. Hmm. And there have been so many, so many uh, like technology-based things, like um, like hackers or something along those lines, where people who actually are in that sort of field will look at it and go, "Oh, well, that's obviously not correct." It's like war games being one of the uh, most accurate depictions of hacking from from that era, from the eighties. Um, yeah, because folks were actually in the industry, they'll look at it and go. Exactly. Yeah. Like the, even the smallest things, I'll be like, mm, that's wrong. Yeah. I didn't want to do the artist equivalent of wrestling of like CSI when they get a blurry CCTV footage and they're like, enhance, enhance, <laughs> and it just blows up. And then everyone is like, that's not how that works. That's exactly what I wanted to avoid. <laughs> and I think like, like Razor like deserves so much credit here because honestly, he like co wrote the book at this point because like all of the wrestling scenes I'm not even joking we're like I knew what I wanted I knew how I wanted them to start and I knew what I wanted the last move to be but everything in the middle I literally would write like the characters wrestle for however many fans <laughs> I, I distinctly remember parentheses wrestling mm -hmm. happens here <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing like okay i've got i've got like five or six panels to work with here what can we put in that's interesting that tells the story <laughs> now um without giving anything away for for like what, what we do have wrestling content wise in here um was there anything specific razor that you wanted to have these characters do in terms of like moves or certain like images or anything like that when when it pertains to the wrestling portion yeah there's um definitely a um a, a move that uh i had a vision for um and I, I think kira and i had gone back and forth on this um quite a bit uh a moonsault um that one of the characters does um and there was a certain way of of presenting it that would look very cinematic um and and with Kira's uh, brilliant artistry, uh, they they pulled it off amazingly. Um, there was that one, and um, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to give too much away, but uh, there was a, a move that uh, a certain wrestler um, who uh, is is associated with a certain citrus fruit uh, does called Stun Dog Millionaire, and. Um, yeah, it was really, really incredible to see that move come to life uh, on on a comic book page. I was uh, I was very stoked to uh, to see that one. That is honestly yeah. my favorite page in the whole book, and it's one of the first ones that Kira drew. Like, I think the two of you just absolutely <laughs> killed that. Like choreographing it, and then Kira's layout of that page is so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. cool, and you got like the motion of it. It's so good. It's so good. The it's panel right before the impact. Oh, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, Razor was definitely <laughs> responsible for that move, and then like getting to like do that move, and then make it like, but what if this like this is a romance manga? So getting to like do the little romance moment in the middle of the move, yeah. <laughs> yes, that was like probably one of my personal like favorite moments of like the mixture of those two elements there because it's just like it's everything that this book wants to convey in one image <laughs> <laughs> it's 
it tells you like everything about the characters. Like, I don't even know if I really knew who these boys were until Kira drew that panel. And I was like, <laughs> oh, all right. So like you got Scorpion, who's the big strong boy, who is also very sensitive and blushes easily. And then we've got Ty, who is uh, very sure of himself. <laughs> um, and you get everything from that panel. It's perfect. Um. Of course you have the two of them, but you also have Blue Devil. Um, okay. I have to know where did the inspiration for Blue Devil come from? That's this is all so you, Elizabeth. That's all you. This is such a stupid. This is such a stupid origin for this um for this character. So my dad went to uh DePaul University. I'm from Chicago originally. DePaul's in Chicago. And um, growing up, we had this amazing poster. I don't know where it is. I really hope my dad still has it somewhere of um, DePaul's mascot, the blue demon, like dunking a basketball into a basketball hoop. And I was obsessed with this image as a kid. I loved this poster so much. So I was like, well, I can't call him blue demon. That's already a legion. <laughs> So what can we call him instead? So we went with Blue Devil. <laughs> we, modeled, we modeled the entire, his entire look after the DePaul Blue Demon mascot. Um, Immediately after you said that, I the, the, it clicked. Immediately yeah. my head is like, that DePaul logo is very, very, um, it stands out. Yes. Yeah. It's such a, like, he's so like impish and like cool like like sports mascots usually aren't that cool you know and like there's something about him that I that really always spoke to me and yeah it helped that this poster was on my wall as I was growing up like my whole life um and I I think that really like spoke to who Blue Devil became too as a character he's very impish he's very he's very mischievous he he has all these plans that usually go well for him um he's very good at that and likes to make other people's lives harder and is really good at it and doesn't like it when it doesn't work um yeah i love him i love him very much <laughs> he's a little bastard you're not wrong i was just I was so excited that there's luchadors in here because during the process of making this comic, Elizabeth and Danny pretty much introduced me to Lucha Underground, which I devoured while I was working on the thumbnails. Mm -hmm. uh, and so like I got super more, I was always kind of into Lucha Libre, but I got really into Lucha Libre and I just really wanted to draw the luchadors in like the business suit attire that they wear when they're not in their gear. This is my favorite thing. I love to see wrestlers not in wrestling gear. And seeing luchadors wearing their masks, not wearing their gear is such a treat. So I swear I wrote that entire scene just so that Kira could draw, <laughs> draw our, our big hulking luchador in an apron cooking dinner. <laughs> yeah. I, will, I will admit there, there are some panels that give me big like... Uh, the El, El Santo or Blue Demon uh, movie vibes mm -hmm. from like the the seventies era stuff, and it, that that as someone who who loves like good trash cinema that is easy to digest, 
I, I'm fully in, into that ecosystem as well. Um, Danny, I'm curious to ask you, since you were the, the letterer on, on, on the project here, you know, another aspect of the, the wrestling panels themselves, that there's a lot of obviously sound effects going into this that are that are um, kind of onomatopoeized, I guess, for lack of a better word, onto the, the page there. Um, and it really felt like, you know, I don't know, from, from an outsider's perspective, it looked like there was a lot of opportunity for you to have fun with this in a, in a way. Like, what was that, what was your approach to kind of depicting what we saw in, in the ring in the comic through that? Oh yeah, the, uh, like sound effects are, I hate doing sound effects, but they're like the part <laughs> where you get to flex. Cause like dialogue, you're not supposed to notice like the typed out words in the balloons that much. You're supposed to read them and not think too much about them. And hopefully you don't notice a, a typo. But the sound effects, that's where you flex. And like having been a wrestling fan for so long, I've heard crowd sounds for a long time, both live and uh, on TV. So I want to like repl replicate that with the, uh, with the uh, let's go Scorpion, let's go uh, Ty. And yeah, just needed something really raucous and really noisy. And, but that didn't like interfere with the art. So I had to do a lot of Photoshopping and like putting things behind uh, behind ring ropes and behind the characters. It was, a, it was very fun to do. It was a very like adult coloring book because it was just like going to Photoshop and use the erase tool. It was very pleasing. <laughs> No, but it was a like it does present like a very like engaging look to it though. Like I like the fact that it's not just that there are instances where like you know you have characters overlaid over that, or you have sometimes where like the wording will be over certain things and not over certain things. It just it's a very vis visually interesting concept to it. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh no, you're My fine. neighbor is building a shed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so he's got his table saw going. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> okay. I think that, that's my favorite page that Danny did, though. The one where the sound is like outside of the ring, but you can feel it like pressing in yeah. like, on the page. And it's like, that's totally what mm -hmm. going to a live wrestling show is like. <laughs> yeah, and we like I I really did not want to make Kira draw crowds because that's really hard to do, especially like with how many crowds they'd have to draw <laughs> in this book since so many of the pages are wrestling scenes. Um, so I feel like Danny's lettering allows us to realize that there's a crowd watching this happen because we're hearing their chants without having to actually see any of them. It, it makes the scenes more intimate while also bringing in the fact that thousands of people are watching this happen. Yeah, it's perfect. Agreed. No, I, it really does feel like... No, I was just going to say, like being, being in the ring and oftentimes being blinded by the spotlights that are on you, oftentimes you don't actually see the crowd depending on the type of venue you're in but you can still feel their presence and and danny's lettering allowed uh the reader of rubber match to get that same sort of feeling <clears throat> no it definitely does like i i honestly i can just in this moment i'm kind of thinking back to when i was reading the book earlier today and i'm just like oh i didn't even really notice that there weren't a ton of like 
of drawings of the crowd in and of itself like that it was it was but it still had the that feeling to it it was just like a a switch that clicked without me even realizing it that the that that was there so yeah it was just i don't know stellar stellar work all around all, 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 all <laughs> on on the book honestly um it's it's so good all right yens thank you so much for tuning into lgbt in the ring um, we'll get right back into the thick of things but i do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is starting off with daniel quasar the progress pride flag designed by daniel quasar is a product of progress initiative you can find out more at quasar.digital a big thank you to Sarah and the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahandthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT check out that service uh, you can follow the show on twitter at lgbt ring pod you can follow me on twitter at wonderboy otm and if you're into video games definitely check out my video game news show the mr video game super show i co-host that with uh, twitch streamers slacker kite and lady Merwin every monday at 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific over on twitch.tv slash dead sun entertainment uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. Um, we talked a lot about the wrestling aspect of this, but I want to talk about the love story aspect of this, too. Um, and especially how it relates to storytelling and pro wrestling, because, you know, through like the podcast and through my work at Outsports, like we've been seeing this continued rise of LGBTQ identities um, and LGBTQ uh, characters, honestly, in, in pro wrestling uh, that have emerged in recent years. And we're slowly starting to get to the point where like, we're able to tell more LGBTQ authentic stories in pro wrestling as well. Um, and this really feels like um, one of the first times that we're seeing how that can play out in like a, like a, to a full fruition in a pro wrestling world, so to speak. Um, how important, Elizabeth, was this for you to not just have it be a love story, but a queer love story? I think for me, like, that was what was interesting about telling the story in the first place. It wouldn't have had the same emotional impact, I don't think, if it was a story, like a traditional heterosexual love story. Um, or even honestly, if it was a story between two female wrestlers, um, although that's definitely in the pipeline, <laughs> um, <laughs> Harvard match two coming soon. No, uh, just kidding. Uh, sort of, 
whatever. Anyway, um, I think what was interesting to me about this was the idea of taking, having two like masculine men, not even in a like, I don't know, like a village people kind of way where it's sort of like a, a very specific kind of playful queerness that that comes with like being very built and muscular and whatever that is part of queer culture of course and especially like gay male queer culture but these men who are very masculine who have to deal with their feelings um that's what wrestling is and for the most part in wrestling it's like you deal with your feelings by hitting each other so what if those feelings are just you love each other a lot and that makes you want to hit each other but like not in like that kind of way just in a a wrestling way <laughs> you know and, yeah and you know I think like those kinds of stories are just around the corner you know from being major storylines in wrestling I think like you know like Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi are they've set the stage for it right that like the golden lovers they're called the golden lovers. Like that's a queer love story that was told between the two of them. And that one ends in betrayal and that sucks, but like, it's also still low key playing out. This is long-term booking, whatever. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> but we're, yeah, I, I think I forgot where I was going with this, but anyway, I, I just really love the idea of people who are traditionally masculine not seen as the kinds of people who can express emotions very openly, um, get to do so in a very like passionate physical way, the way that wrestling allows you to do it. And that was, it was really fun to play with and to take some of those tropes that come from wrestling and tropes that come from like boys love manga and put them together in this. I think the only way this story could exist is if it was a queer love story between two men. Hmm. I'm curious, Razor, to kind of get your thoughts on on what Elizabeth was saying there about like this this characterization of of pro wrestling and and why this story works. It could only work in in, in her mind as as two masculine male characters here. Like you're involved in pro wrestling i would i mean i i'm looking at the mask it tells me you're involved in pro wrestling so i'm curious to get your take on on that as well you know I, I i i have to agree with what elizabeth said about this story being um tellable only through the lens of of two uh gay males in pro wrestling like the, the, given the circumstances of the characters um and just in general <clears throat> how pro wrestling is is portrayed and how it's it's still portrayed like um we're getting many um intergender matches uh these days like pro wrestling has has especially independent professional wrestling it has uh, evolved so quickly over the past uh, five to ten years um 
like it's it's really great to see it's just uh, people are taking it uh purely as what it is which is an art form um and allowing the performers to paint with uh so many different colors but um to to get back to the the point at hand with with rubber match with regards to how the story is told you have these two characters who are uh who who already have a a sort of relationship I'm, I'm not trying to give too terribly much away um but basically there is there is a relationship there um that can only exist in this sort of um of realm i'm, I'm <laughs> I'm like I'm sitting here trying not to like spoil anything or anything, but um, no, it's, it's 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 with the whole the whole tag team aspect, the whole um, potential retirement aspect, and the whole love story um, is, in my opinion, and this is this is the opinion of a a, uh, a cisgendered white male uh, on this. So take that for what it's worth. But um, in my opinion, the a dynamic of two uh, homosexual males is much more interesting to me, um, especially in this setting, than uh, a man and a woman, uh, two two heterosexual men and women. Um, it's just it's you get to see these characters and their personalities come out in in such a way that just to me was very. Um, entertaining yes but also uh it, it made me feel a certain kind of satisfaction um when things conclude uh let's just say um that uh, i haven't gotten from generic love stories um over the past however long I've, I've been taking in pop culture <laughs> if, that, if that makes sense oh no it, it definitely it definitely makes sense and um and that kind of leads me into my next question that i'm going to throw over to, to kira about um because in terms of obviously we talked a lot about the art of the progressing of this but talk to me about some of the the inspirations that you came uh came up with for the the other art in this you know obviously like the art of the relationship between scorpion and ty the art of the interactions with them and blue blue devil um even some things that really like stood out to me that just that were kind of like you know small in the grander scheme of the story that y'all were trying to tell but like the interactions between like um emma and 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 liza and stuff like that and just like i don't know there's just a lot of like different little intricacies that like go into the artwork of this as well i'm just curious to hear more about that oh man i'm well i'm like a really slow artist but i do think maybe if that's like my biggest weakness one of my little strengths is like kind of the character acting so like once i got a feel of who these characters were like their body language their like facial expressions all of that like it just clicked for me i was like i know exactly what face emma is making when she's telling her best friend like you used to be fine <laughs> like what happened to you <laughs> that kind of thing so it was just it was like the characters that Elizabeth wrote like I felt like I already knew them even though we they didn't exist yet so it was, it was I think it was kind of 
like that, like just kind of like serendipity. It's like, I totally vibe with these characters. I think I know who they are. I'm really excited to show them in like both their in-ring gear, out of the ring, what they're like when they're hanging out at home, <laughs> what they're like when they're practicing at the gym. Yeah. Was well, was there anything specific that stood out in like crafting the the development of the relationship that we see? The not well, I mean, obviously the the, the main focus relationship in this, but also the other relationships that we see kind of build out between the characters as well. Um, I guess I feel like I just wanted to like use like a kind of a scorpion's facial expressions kind of get softer as the book goes on uh, so you can kind of see like the characters developing feelings for each other or uh, we do like a flashback like a flashback you know you got to have a good flashback in the story uh, and so like getting to show that you back in the day he used to have shorter hair and he's been growing it out um, and having that kind of hint at how long he's known blue devil uh, compared to you know how long he's known Ty, stuff like that. I think. Hmm. No, there's I don't know, there's just so many like different details in, in the book that really help like infuse the emotion of everything that goes on, and as a package, it, it works so so well together. Honestly, um, I guess as we kind of start to to wind down here a little bit, um, I'm curious. Um, with the book being so close to like going out to the Kickstarter backers and being available for for uh, retail for people to buy, um, how are y'all feeling? Kind of approaching the finishing line of the project. Uh, I, think, okay. <laughs> I just love the collective like groan coming from all of y'all. <laughs> Kira and I have uh, separately been in tears at some point. <laughs> At, in the past couple of days um about the about the end of this i think or about different things kira i read your lettering notes today and saw your mark <laughs> elias note yeah uh, the thing but, that pushed me over to the edge is like oh my god it's a real comic is there's a referee that continuously shows up in river match that is just a knockoff of marty elias from reach underground <laughs> like i didn't even try to hide that it's marty elias <laughs> And uh, he gets one scene where he gets to say something and seeing him with Danny's lettering and my fake little Marty Elias is speaking like that was like, oh my god, it's a real comic. <laughs> yeah, I think he gets that like classic referee line of knock it off. Um, yep. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think for me, um, Kira sent over the last pages of the art and uh, as you know, there's a big emotional moment on one of those last pages, and I don't even think that was the moment that I, like, teared up. I think it was, it was actually, like, the last page, which is, like, a really sweet page, and I, I love it a lot, but there was something about, it felt like the freeze frame in the final episode of an anime that you've been watching for a long time. And this is the last episode and this is the last scene in it before, you know, that where it takes that effect where like they freeze and then it's sort of like, there's, there's a phrase for this. Danny, I know we've talked about this, like the characters freeze and then it sort of blurs and then it like stays like that. 
but yeah. and like it turns yeah. watercolor exactly from, like, exactly yeah. <laughs> and like that was that was the experience of looking at the last page for me um yeah we oh man I should have like done the watercolor effect on that there's still page. time there's still time for it. um but <laughs> yeah I think for me like we've we've been working on this for so long at this point I I think we started this in late 2019 and then of course COVID hit and everything just kind of skidded to a halt and um I I don't know I feel like being almost three years later and we're finally rounding the corner to the finish line is it's a little bittersweet partially like I I have fewer excuses to bother Kira now <laughs> um and um, until I'm like so we're gonna draw a sequel right <laughs> um we have other characters who need their happy endings that's all I'm saying but yeah I don't know I'm I'm a little sad about it this is my biggest project that I've made so far and it's it's been it's it's the first one that's felt like exactly what I want to be making comics of. And the fact that so many people seem to have also felt like this was a thing that they needed um, has made it really special for me. So I don't know, I'm sad. I'm sad it's, I'm excited to hold it in my hands, but I am a little sad that it's almost done. And also a little like, Kira and I were talking the other day, we're not sure we want anyone else to look at it. Right now it feels like, really special and intimate and like it's just ours and essentially we're we're sitting around like writing fanfics about our own characters about what we'd have them do if we were going to do an au like we talked about if scorpion had stayed and become a tag team partner with blue devil what does his mask look like what is <laughs> what is a masked up luchador scorpion butch like um but yeah so part of me is like i don't want anyone else to look at him we just made this for us. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'm I'm really nervous to hear what everybody thinks about. Like, it's my first big comic project. Uh, all, like, and so I I'm, I know I made like tons of like rookie mistakes. Like, I made so much more work for Danny in terms of like comic things. Like, there's a rule where your first speaker should be on the left in the comic panel to make it easier on your letterer's life because the read <laughs> order is left to right. And I know I broke that rule like several times. <laughs> But I'm just so nervous for people to read it. It's like, oh, I hope they like it. <laughs> what about you, Danny? Um, I'm stoked. It <laughs> feels great to finish the thing. Then you don't have to do it anymore. <laughs> but then you can make money off of it. <laughs> I, I, I sent Danny so many stupid lettering notes today. So I'm sure he's like really <laughs> excited to not look at this ever again. Oh, the, yeah. The, the yeah. re-lettering phase is not the best phase for sure. <laughs> like, oh, I got to go in and tweak and then like send out a new tiff. Damn it. <laughs> no, I'm excited for it to be done because then it'll be done. It'll be a book and that's cool. <laughs> well said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Razor? How are you feeling I'm, I'm just, in here? Oh, goodness. I'm just so stoked for the whole team. Uh, they've worked very hard on this. Um, and to see it come to fruition is just, it's its the best. Um, I cannot wait to hold a physical copy in my hands. Uh, that's going to be fly. Uh, um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm just so proud of, of the, uh, 
the work that was done on this. Um, you all killed it. You, you really did. <laughs> Couldn't have done it without you. Literally, this book would not exist if you weren't. <laughs> If you weren't a part of it. There would still just be pages that's like wrestling happens here and then the art would come would We would have just I would have written the wrestling out. We would have like we would have just started the match and then it had been like four hours later and it would be <laughs> like the SpongeBob for us. Exactly. Exactly. Oh I appreciate y'all. Thank you. <laughs> well um I know that y'all had as one of your your uh uh kickstarter um uh god why is the name of these why are the names of these things escaping me um stretch goal there we go Uh, stretch goal uh one of the stretch goals was um potentially a sequel and obviously we've heard some teases to it here today um i'm not gonna ask y'all if there's gonna be a sequel right now because you gotta get the first book out obviously (laughs) um but uh I don't know. I, I I personally hope there is. I think that this that the book is like out I think it's really good. It's very heartwarming. It's very emotional. I think you y'all hit all the beats that you want to hit in this. And and I I can definitely understand why, Elizabeth, you would be very much like, no, you no one else <laughs> gets to look at this. No one else gets to look at my boys. so last i think it was last christmas maybe the christmas before i don't know time is a lie um kira drew like a little <laughs> a little drawing of scorpion and ty opening christmas presents and i think one of them like had gifted the other like a championship belt and yeah. like i saw that piece of art and was like Nobody else is allowed to touch these boys ever, <laughs> ever. And since then, like a couple of people have drawn fan art, which is so nice because considering the book isn't out yet. Um, and it's been lovely. It's it's just as much fun to see other people like, like look at these these characters and be like, I have to draw them and I'm ready to draw them. And that's really cool. But um yeah, I feel very protective of them. And if people start drawing fan comics, they better be really good. <laughs> I will take any quality fan comic. I just, if, like, maybe just for me, I, I'll pass along some of them to Elizabeth, but I'll take all of them. <laughs> I'll just, like, put out a call and be like, if you really liked this and want to draw a fan comic, send it to Kira and Kira will vet them. <laughs> <laughs> well um my last question for y'all and this is one that i'm kind of adding into my my repertoire here at the end of the shows uh, now um picked it up from another uh, queer journalist who i greatly respect what if there's one thing that you had hoped i would ask you about but i didn't yet what is there what would it be do you think It could be a little bit of a stumper. (laughs) I think I would have wanted to talk more about queer comic books in general. Ah. I feel like we talked a lot about wrestling, which is great, but yeah, that's also only half of what Kira and I really brought. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, I'm curious to hear more. 
honestly, like I'm, I'm curious to get more of your thoughts on that as well. I think like for me, um, like romance manga tropes play a really huge role in this and sports manga tropes and boys love tropes also play a big role in this. Of course, we avoided all of the boys love tropes where like there's a lot of non-consensual weirdness. Um, we decided yeah. not to go that route. But um, yeah, I think it's kind of in, it's, it's an area of comics reading that I think is not well, not well represented in, in American comics and Western comics specifically. And um, if anything, making this book, because my favorite comics are all like hangout comics and slice of life comics and romance comics. Like Kira and I finding out that we both love Ayazawa manga so much that we both have an Ayazawa tattoo. Like we're not even messing around was like, okay, cool. We're on the same wavelength. We're looking to make the same kind of story here. Um, was like, okay, where's everyone else who also loves these kinds of comics? And if making this taught me anything, it's that there are lots of us. And I couldn't have imagined so many people would want this book when we put it on Kickstarter. And like, I think we ended up with almost 300 backers and like, that's insane. That's bonkers. Um, but yeah, it just tells me that we're not alone in wanting yeah. it. Yeah. I think it's not so much a question I would have missed, but I, I do want to like touch on it before we go, like how exciting that is that there are so many people interested in it. And like my biggest hopes for it is that people see what we're trying to do. They see that we are trying to combine like the energy of sports anime with the tenderness of romance manga and BL manga with like with pro wrestling being the centerpiece and I just really hope that we pull in comics readers who are maybe here for the queer part of the comic and end up liking wrestling and I hope we have some readers who are here for the wrestling and end up liking I don't know romance comics like that would be really cool I think that would be the ultimate joy <laughs> No, it, it definitely, I think, has that the, that all of that connective tissue that comes together there. And you, you mentioned like sports manga specifically, I think it's the, the realm that I have the most experience with out of all of that you described. And yeah, this like just nail on the head, like right there. Um, it works so well. Um, Y'all, thank you so much for, for coming on the show to talk about Rubber Match. Um, let everybody know uh, where they can find y'all online. And do we have a release date yet for for the book? It's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I, could give, I could give a fake one, but it's fake. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, we're we're so close to done at this point. The art's done, the lettering is done. It's just pulling together all of the the design and back matter stuff, which is going to be incredibly silly. Um, I made Kira a Spotify playlist to to write to. That is one of the things you get if you get the book. So we're gonna. 
I'm so embarrassed about it. You can, <laughs> I, I, I requested it. I was like, Elizabeth, if this was a movie, what song would be playing during this scene? And instead of just giving me a song, she sent me a whole playlist. So I had that sucker on repeat while I was drawing. I was like, I got to get the vibes right. <laughs> Drop It Like It's Hot is actually on this playlist and I'm so incredibly angry that I did this to myself and then promised other people that they could see what this playlist looked like. Um, So, you know. We're almost there once it's to the printers and then soon, soon I think, releasing. Yeah, probably within the month, I say hoping that nothing <laughs> terrible happens in the next month um but i think we're we're almost there um awesome yeah well where can they follow y'all and follow rubber match to find out more information about whenever it does uh kind of get closer to that release date um yeah you can always check out the rubber match kickstarter we'll we're still updating that we'll have a link there if you if people didn't um back it we'll have a link to where they can buy it at once it's available to buy um otherwise i'm at peach child everywhere uh you can always follow me and i'll update going forward if anyone else wants to give handles (laughs) (laughs) i guess i'll go uh i am on twitter at kira mix so that's k-i-r-a-m-e-k-s um yep oh i'm there tweeting inane stuff all the time I'm I'm on Twitter and everywhere else at Razorwing R A Z E R W Y N G, and uh, yeah, I, I I say dumb stuff on the internet from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to everyone for spelling out their handles, so I wouldn't be the only one. Um, <laughs> We're about uh, inclusion here, Danny. Thank you. Um, yep, it's my last name everywhere, Jelosevich, D-J-E-L-J-O-S-E, V as in Victor, I-C. Good luck with that. <laughs> Phonetic spelling, thank you for that. <laughs> oh, Elizabeth, Kira, Danny, Razorwing, thank you all again so much for taking the time and in, in sharing Rubber Match with the, with the audience that wants it and the audience that needs it honestly thank, and thank you all so much for taking the time thank you yeah thanks for having me thank you really fun my thanks once again to elizabeth kira danny and Razorwing for coming on the show and chatting all about rubber match outstanding book uh we still don't have a release date yet but i know it is coming soon and kickstarter backers are going to be getting their copies here real soon as well so definitely if you have a chance to pick it up pick it up it is worth a read um and of course stay up to date with the the publishing of the book um on all of their socials as well i cannot stress enough how awesome rubber matches it's it's so good it just gets you right in the heart and i've had a lot of that the past couple of days so um before we get out of here i just want to thank everybody that offered congratulations online um and a very special thank you to val quartz um for making that flower crown for my wedding uh where i could bring my pro wrestling community into that celebration in a very very uh authentic way to me uh and 
I don't know. It was just very, very special. Um, we will be back next week with a show, uh, another guest, another great interview. Um, but I am taking... I, I'm taking the break. I am cutting things off here. So everybody enjoy CM Punk and John Moxley. I ain't gonna be watching. <laughs> no, uh, but for real though, y'all take care. Um, we will be back next week. But until then, y'all stay messy. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. Get vaccinated and boosted if at all possible. Same goes for monkeypox. And um, yeah, love is great. Bye. Everybody's ready to die.